Welcome to the Heavy Metal Strength Coach Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Heavy Metal Strength Coach Podcast. I'm the Heavy Metal Strength Coach. I think I'm called Chris, but I can't really remember. I think we're on episode seven now, and it's an especially special episode today because we are welcoming Robogran to <laughs> the episode today, Christine Kershaw, who is, you notice the same second name as me. So she is my hero and my grandma. So grandma, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Okay, so in a little bit, we'll get into how you ended up being called Robogran and whether either of us can um, really remember why that was. But first of all, let's just go way back to when you were born and just, just give everyone just a description of where you came from and where you were born, and then we'll go from there. Right, well. I was born in St. James's Hospital, Hare Hills. I lived in Hare Hills for 19 years before I got married. And I worked locally for a time. But that, that's where we came from, was Hare Hills. Mm-hmm. And what was that area like? Well, then it was quite nice. It, 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 was, it was all right. It, it was wasn't posh but it wasn't it wasn't bad at all it was it was okay it isn't now and what was your what was your family like at the time oh my family was lovely my mum and dad were lovely my mum liked to go to the pictures on a night time and my dad liked to go fishing so he she let him go fishing and he let her go to the pictures on a night time Okay, well, what what films did she like to go and see? She liked romances. She liked romances. What was her favourite romance? Well, she liked Gone with the Wind. Did you ever, <laughs> did you ever go with her to the pictures? No, we used to go. My dad used to take us down to a, a cinema quite near us uh, on a Saturday afternoon matinee, and we used to go on to the Saturday Saturday afternoon matinees. Me and my sister. And was is your sister older? Obviously, I know older um, or younger. She's older than me. Three years older than me. Three years older than you. Okay, cool. And so. Who do you think you take after more, your mum or your dad? I don't think I take after either of them. Okay, why do you think that is? Well, um, looking back, I was totally different to them with different ideas and different everything to them. Um, Do you remember whether that was a conscious choice, like they're being like that, so you're going to choose to be... No, no, not at all, not at all, no. No, not at all. I mean, my mum, she was... A lovely singer and she could play the piano and uh, I used to this is why I know all of the old songs but not the new ones and she would play and practice and I would sit and listen all the time but she was a she was a, a lovely pianist and a, and a lovely singer mm-hmm. would she perform for people no they didn't do things like that in those days okay and what character traits made you what made you different what so you had your own ideas, you had your own way of living. How were you different? Well, that's a difficult one, really. I mean, I was just, I was, I was just me. My sister was fairly clever. She went to Thorsby High School, whereas I just went to to a primary school and then left and went to work. But my sister went to a Thorsby High School. I suppose it was like a college in those days. So I, I, but I was just. I mean, we did lots of things together. My dad used to take us fishing and take us out on a trip with the fishing club and things like that. Mm-hmm. We had a, we had a, a nice childhood. Definitely. And something that 
I feel that you've always been is really progressive and like always nice about people. There isn't, for example, a, a racist bone um, in your body. There's never been any homophobia in our family whatsoever or anything like that or being afraid of, of foreigners or anything like that. Did that come from your family or is that been something that was... That's my, that's your, my, pers that's my personal thing. I firmly believe that every person is a human being you get nice no matter what creed or color you are you get nice people and you get not nice people and yeah. if you go and talk to people as they are without any thoughts of prejudice or anything you usually find that they're very nice yeah absolutely so was that was that a slightly different idea to what the rest of your family had um at the time well at the time when i was young there weren't well, this sounds off but there weren't so many kind of different uh, ethnic people in those days yeah 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 so, so what, what do you think made you accepting of and have different ideals than than everyone else was it something to do with the people that you worked with yes i worked with a lot of diff different um, ethnic people of different races and creeds and i got on with every single one of them i've worked with filipinos i've worked with chinese i've worked with lots and lots of different people and always got on with them and found them very nice do you find do you find people interesting stuff yes very i think that's something that i've got from you as a coach that just I've, I've always felt that someone can have something interesting to say, can teach you something. Oh, definitely. definitely. The answer that you, a different perspective than you've seen before. Would you would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, yeah. The, the people are very interesting and the, the, and, the, and the hard workers as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the good people. And what was it that you um, did for work? What was your well, when, when I left school at 15, I went and worked in a bake house for 18 months. Okay, what was that like? It was good. It was hard work, and I went to college, and 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 you know, like you go out a day and into college and that, and and I worked there. But I found it was a very early start in the morning, and and that, I wasn't keen on that. So then, I, then I went to work at EJ Arnold. Okay, what what was that? EJ Arnold's is a, a well, it was a book warehouse. It's it's a it's printers and uh, and uh, and but we 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 dispatched books. Books came in from all the different publishers mm -hmm. to our to our um, our department, and we checked them against the orders and sent them out. Would you um get some of those books for your own reading? Because I know you've always been a very avid reader. Oh well, yes, yes, you could. We we did. We, you could order them and, and get books for them. But I I used to go to the library. There was a um, a library quite near us in Compton Road, so mm -hmm. I went there. And were your were your family all avid readers, or were you um, one of those that, that 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 was one of your ideas as well? No, my mother was an avid reader. Okay, what kind of book did she used to read to you, like you used to read to me? No, not not that I remember. No. Mm -hmm. Can you remember how you got into books? Like the first book that you was like, wow, this is fascinating. Yes, uh, somebody bought me a book. Some some people that lived in the street, and you know, like for a birthday, I, they bought me a book, and and then I used to go to the library and 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 get in, and I, and I read loads. I, I mean, I read a lot now. Do you think reading's good for your mental health? It's very relaxing. Yes, especially if you can't sleep, you can read your book and and you know and relax. So you worked in the Bakers. And then you worked in the printers. 
uh, what then? Well, then I had Stephen. I left EJ Arnold's because I, uh, I had Stephen. Who's your, your son? Yes, my son, Stephen. And then after three years, I had Catherine. And then when she was two, I went to work at St. James's Hospital. And I was there for 41 years. Okay, and just, just tell me a little bit about that. How did the hospital change over the years? <gasps> the hospital changed totally over the years. The standards changed. I mean, the standards are good now. I'm not saying that they're not, but when when I went there, what you had, well, we called them number sevens, that, 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 and they came around and they expected the nurses to know every single patient, every single diagnosis. Everything had to be tidy. It was totally you know, strict and tidy, neat, and the patients were looked after. And you've often told me stories about how you would treat people at the hospital um, as people. So something that I've always believed as a coach is to give someone like as positive an experience in an uncomfortable situation as possible. Was your, have I basically learned that attitude from you in how you treated people? when you worked at the hospital well when I worked at the hospital I'm talking about myself I was absolutely hands-on yes totally hands-on and, and if somebody was ill I would check them recheck them do everything I could make sure they were all right I, I just loved it I just liked to look after the people and make them comfortable and feel that somebody cared about them and how how would you how would you do that well you would go and make them feel that somebody cared that you would talk to them as they needed things if they asked you for anything you would do your utmost if you were worried about them you would go fetch somebody and say i'm worried about this 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 patient please will you come and have a look and that's what i did were all the staff like that or again were you the exception to the rule no there was a lot of people there was a lot of in the in the first years there was a lot it was like that the nurses were wonderful and and but as i'll tell you when it changed was when they introduced computers okay and what happened then well people spend a lot of time feeding into the computers looking into the computers you see i'm not good with computers i looked at the patient yeah i saw to them i knew we were taught when i went we were taught to go around the patients every quarter of an hour without fail to make sure everybody was all right yeah. and when i started patients were not allowed out of bed at all at night time really really they had to have they had to have well if they needed the toilet you had to either take them or you had to fetch a bedpan or a commode, they weren't allowed to get out of bed by themselves. Oh, wow. So in, did, that, in, did that gradually change over time? That changed all the time. And then it came that people just did what they wanted. I can't remember what ward you worked on. Was it 29? No, I worked on... When I first went, I worked on ward 12, which was a female surgical ward. Okay. Then I progressed up to ward 18, which was a female urinary urinary ward and then I worked up on ward 14 for quite a long time which was male male urine ward and then we moved down to 62 then we were we were still the the, the urine ward there and then the, the, the numbers changed over the years and then we ended up being number 40 ward G, J52 okay. which was still still the urinary ward did you have a particular favourite ward that you'd work on? Well, you, you get used to it, don't you? And well, I loved it. I loved the job. I loved the people. I loved the nurses. What did you love about it? It was satisfying. I never I never thought, oh, I don't want to go to work. I can't be bothered because it was hard work. It, you know, you, you don't stop. You, you didn't, well, you, you stopped and you had a break and you had something to eat or a drink, but you, 
well, you just didn't stop. It was on the go all the time. Yeah. And how did you cope with working nights for so many years? Well, it's, it's all I ever worked. So I was used to it. Okay. Never thought anything about. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've had clients that have worked many, many nights. And after those nights, they seemed like the, an absolute mess. Um, did you ever find those nights difficult? Or was it just because you've always done it? Um, you were able to just sustain it and it just be part of your routine? I sustained it. I, 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 knew, I knew that I went Sunday, I went Sunday nights, uh, and I went to bed on Mondays, and then I went Monday nights, and then after Tuesday, after about three, night time was my own, and, I, and, and it never bothered me. Uh, now, so after 41 years there, you ultimately retired. What ultimately made you make the decision to retire? But I, I, well, what can I say? I was 72. I was I was uh, getting older. And then again, the, the, the introduction of the computer, I wasn't very good on the computers. And that was coming in more and more and more. And um, you had to you had to do stuff online, you know, to what they called it, e-learning. And I just was no good on the computer. And I'd been all right for years. And then I was, you know, the sister said to me, it's no good, Chris, you're going to have to do it. And then I thought about it and I thought, well, I put myself through it. So I, that's when I decided to retire. Yeah. And I mean, the, other, the others were all fine at it. They, they were up on the computers, as I am not. So it didn't bother them as much as it bothered me. Yeah, and I guess you started to, to, to dread going to work. I, well, I, I dreaded the thought of having to do all this computer stuff because I wasn't good at it. Yeah, and there, there was less personal interaction with the patients as well, and that was what you always enjoyed, isn't it? Yeah, yes, I liked the interaction with, with the patient. Yeah. But you see, you can't do two things, can you? You can't be putting stuff into the computer and, and at the bedside as well, can you? No, that. That's, that's a very important point. That's a really important point. Um, how important has exercise, or how important was exercise in your early life, to think back? Can you remember, was, was there ever any structured exercise or swimming or dancing or anything like well, that? Well, um, we used to go swimming with the school, so we, we all learned to swim. But no, I didn't do any exercise. I did go dancing. I've danced for years. Tell me about that. What kind of dancing did you do and uh, how long did you do that? Oh, let's see. My children were about seven and eight. So a, lot, a lot of years and it was sequence dancing that we liked. We went sequence dancing. Mm -hmm. And um, for those that don't know, what's, what's sequence dancing? Well, if you know, um, say the band dance, that's a sequence dance, but it's an easy one. Okay. Or the, or the gay gardens, that's a, sequ a sequence dance. You do the same, the same thing all the way through it everybody does it and but you learn harder dances you know the, the came and the, the taught you them they led the dances out and they taught you them and everybody did them but it was a sequence so you know it, 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 if you think of the gay gardens that that is a sequence dance because you do a, a, a thing and then you do it again and then you do it again okay um i'll include a video of that dance in the show notes for anyone that is interested don't worry grandma that you don't need to know what that means it is all yeah, there were there was others. There was the square tango. People might have heard of the square tango. That was a sequence dance. Okay. And um, how important, looking back, do you think that was for helping you stay active and to stay healthy and to stay? Oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful because you went and you just they just played wonderful music and everybody got up and and and, and danced. But you know, you got there say at half past seven and finished at half past ten and twice a week when you go. Was it popular when you were when you? Were oh yeah. Very, very popular. 
yeah. when we first went we went to Castleford Civic Centre and we used to go on a Thursday night oh it was a wonderful night absolutely wonderful night yeah. and yeah and it was good for you and people were lovely it was really good okay so did you do that for 41 years as well or did you carry on a little bit after um, you'd retired no no because in 2000 and was it 2000 no, 1999 i broke my wrist so i missed i missed a few uh, a few weeks then and then in 2012 i broke another bone so I, I missed some then and then i went back and then uh, and then i broke some more bone um in 2012 and then I, I gave it up and never went back yeah yeah because i was i was frightened of falling yeah and then with that 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 fear of falling i decided that i wanted to get you lifting weights can you remember the first time i had you lifting weights yeah because i thought i'd never be able to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and... oh, i said i can't do that chris was it was it that circuit class that we used to do that was your first yes class? that's right that's right that, that that's it exactly the circuit class and when you were doing that circuit class when we used to do all those exercises on a sunday and play that horrible heavy metal music yes how did you find it and was it a good experience the, the only thing the only thing was the people just said they'd come and then they didn't turn up did they but i thought it was fantastic i really enjoyed it i mean it was hard don't get me wrong it was it was it was hard but it was very very enjoyable yeah um there was uh, there was there was enough people there it was uh it was a great atmosphere and things like that and woods were you nervous before you did it apprehensive is more the word perhaps okay. and then how long did it take you to relax into it well you see it were we went to see you as well so that was part of it i mean we, we just love to go and, and do the things you know that you'd introduced into the into the gym so we, we i enjoyed it i i liked it yeah and was it something that you'd wished you'd done um all your life or did you still manage to make progress and feel fitter because you were doing it then well you see before you went got into it it never entered our heads was it just not the the done thing to go down to a gym no oh no no it, no it was unheard of really that's really interesting I'd, I'd never heard of people well i suppose i'd heard of people going to the gym but not like you and all your clients go and 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 everything it, it wasn't that it never entered never entered into a conversation when i was young or, or coming on through the years and then we went to various other gyms where circuit classes were no longer part of what i did and then it's more strength training and bodybuilding and powerlifting and just all these different worlds where it's new things and they say that people are more and more, more and more unwilling to try new things as they get older what do you think makes you different why do you throw yourself in and, and try these new things and, and give things a go well to be fair because you asked this you you said i want you to do this grandma i want you to do uh so-and-so grandma and, uh, and so I, I just did it. And you were you were the incentive. You were the initiative that, that made made us go. Um. So you've done deadlifts. You've done squats with a barbell. You've you've been in in various gyms. When you're on the gym floor, do you feel self conscious or anything like that, or is it something where you feel quite relaxed? I, I perhaps was self conscious at first because, of course, I've always been kind of old, and everybody there is is young. But, but nobody laughed at me, nobody said anything to me. And gradually over the weeks, you know, I didn't feel like that. I, 
we kind of went and got into it and got on with it. Are people welcoming in the gym? Yes, by and yes, by and large, yes, they were. Yeah, and you're now firm and famous. <laughs> um, my clients have been Robogram. So let's go into that a little bit. So what what happened to give you that nickname? What happened was I I had to have a total hip replacement. So the name Robogram was because I have got a metal hip. <laughs> and can you remember my client Dom? Like what what did he say about your hip replacement? What did you need to do straight afterwards? The doctor, was he the doctor? Yes. And he told me to do everything that they'd told me to do, get up and get on with it, didn't he? Yeah, he said that you absolutely have to get up. Yeah. That day when you're awake, no matter how much you're in pain, because that's a big factor in healing when you have something like that done. So what, what makes you just push through those kinds of pains? Do you ever... Like feel like giving up with it? Have, have you always been someone that can push through difficulty? I have a high tolerance of pain. What made you um, that? I, I don't know, but, but but before I had the, the 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 hip replacement, I couldn't walk. I mean, I was in a lot of pain. There's no to, there's no way of saying it. Well, you know, you saw me. I mean, the hip as I walked, you could hear it grinding against the bone. Oh, it was horrific. It was it was it was awful. But afterwards, because, and I think it's because I did everything the physio told me, everything you told me to do, it's been absolutely touch wood, if I can find some wood, it's been absolutely great. So what did the physio have you doing? Oh, well, she gave me exercises, and I can't remember the exact ones that, that she had us doing now. She had us standing on one leg, I had to stand on the bad leg, uh, and walking, and, and I, I can't remember to walking up and down some stairs uh, and whatever she on oh, you, you 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 lean forward you stand back and then you lean forward and, and all sorts of things but I did them religiously she said to do them three times a day I did them three times a day and, and you to walk you had to walk you to walk to a lamppost the first day you went out then to a, the next lamppost and you to do, do it like that until eventually you could walk as far as you needed to do you to Take it slow and steady. You hadn't to bend very much at first. And uh, my legs swelled up really bad at one time. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, your mum looked after me lovely. I came and stayed here and she looked after me lovely. And eventually it, everything went all right and, and, it, and it was fine and it's fine now. It's the best thing I ever had done. And were you able to lift weights again after you? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I do that deadlift, don't I now? I, because at first I said, you can't do that, Chris. It's too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. But, and then I thought, well, if that's what you say, that's what I've got to do. So a lot of people struggle to mo them, motivate themselves to do rehabilitation exercises. They struggle to do things once a day or five times a week. What what do you think makes you do that? What what makes you carry on? What makes you just motivated to do that? Or is it just about creating a habit? Well, part of it is, is a habit, but part of it is because you said to me to keep doing some exercises. So I've, I've made up like a little program just for myself and I just do them on the morning. And if it's, say it's in winter and you can't go out so much, I do another set in an afternoon. Okay. Just some squats and, and, and things like that and, and, and dead bugs. I like doing the dead bugs. 
<laughs> and things like that. That's wonderful. And what were you doing in lockdown to maintain your strength and fit? Tell me well, about in, the back garden. In the in the in the first lockdown, I I I I walked around the garden, a big garden. So I walked around the big garden several times, a lot of times. And then I used to do farmers walk because and carry things because you said that that was good as well. So I do so many walking, so many farmers, farmers walk or whatever you call it. And and I did that. And I kept up to the housework and did gardening. That was the first year. And I've continued to do that. I try to walk at least three times a week. Are you more active than anyone else your age that you know? Well, no, I've got to be honest. There's some there's some old oldish people. Um, it's like Brenda, Brenda Massey that you know. She's out and about with Anna all the time. They do a lot of walking. And they went to a gym in Garforth, a ladies' gym in Garforth before the lockdown okay um so they're they're quite active Brenda Wilson's and she's active she walks and, and drives and, and things like that mm -hmm. do you think being as active as you are of all the people that you just named um has contributed to your longevity well I used to go dancing with Brenda Massett so yeah. she she did the she you know we went I mean ladies did when the in the days I where I went dancing, there was a lot of ladies partnered each other, so it wasn't thought of as anything untoward. And we went dancing, and we loved it. I thought yeah. you just, I thought you just meant to um, stop when you retire, Grandma. What's what's stopping you from just sitting down and, and watching TV all day and getting a mobility scooter without? Oh, I wouldn't get. Oh, I won't get one of them because it's not good for you. You've got to. I mean, I don't always get up at the crack of dawn, but I get up. And I do my set of exercises and I have my bath and then I go for a walk and then I'll clean the kitchen and then I'll, I'll uh, go back in the garden, do some gardening. So I do keep active because it's good for you. Does it keep you feeling you? feeling you well it, it 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 makes you feel that you're not, you know, you're not just sat all day. I mean, I do sit. I, I have a nice cup of, a nice hour and a half dinner hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I get up and I get I go in the garden or you know I, I find something to do. Do you still find that like if you were to just like have a lazy day, for example, that you get restless and bored and want to do things? I have a, I have a, a quiet day every week. Okay. When I, I think right today I'm not going to do very much. I can do exactly what I want. I can sit and watch telly and I can do this and I can do that. And then the next day I'm anxious to get up and get on with it. Mm -hmm. So rest is equally as important as being active. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. I mean, if you're tired, you shouldn't push yourself too far. And in terms of strength training, doing the farmers' walks, training on a Saturday um, with me, do you think you'll ever voluntarily stop training, or would people have to tell you to stop? Well, again, it's like you said, it's like a habit and it's good for you. So no, at the moment, I wouldn't stop at the moment. And, and you, I mean, you say to me, Grandma, you need to exercise. So I exercise. Yeah. And do you believe in setting a good example to people? Setting a good example. Well, I don't quite know what you mean by that. So because you're doing something that your children do something, your grandchildren do something, your great grandchildren do something. So the fact that you're carrying on training and you have these good habits. Is it showing them basically how to live well? Um, well, I've always tried to be polite and to maintain a happy home and things like that. But you see, you, you're fired with your own enthusiasm for it all. So you, it's, you know, it's nothing to do with me or anybody else. You're, you're your own self and you, 
you encourage people and you make people feel that yes you do need to exercise you do need to do things yeah but i think um i I've always heard you talking about how you treat people and your bedside manner and how it makes a difference to people's lives and i do very much feel like i took that into my coaching as well so I've definitely got to thank you for that. Oh, well, I, well, thank you very much. But but yeah, you, you see, I, I just like, I just love looking after the patients when I was working. Mm-hmm. Would it matter if they thanked you or not? Well, it, no, because some people did and some people didn't. And what do you think is the key to a happy life? What is the key to a happy life? Having some Ergotroid. Um, what is the key to a happy life? Is to get on with people, to get up and get on with life, to try and find it an interest. I mean, I like I write letters to people because I like writing letters. I still write letters to people that I know, things like that. And and to well, I mean, I don't think I'm anything. You know, I just plod on. I just get up and get on with things. Try and smile if you meet somebody in the street and talk to them. And uh, I wouldn't hurt anybody. And um, do you enjoy a drink? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And are you still capable of doing an all-night party if you are so required? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And do you think that's an important part of uh, not slowing down? Oh, definitely. Okay. You've got got to... You see, this lockdown has, has altered things for people, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I mean, let's face it, we can't pretend otherwise. I mean, it has changed a lot. There's no sequence dancing now because people haven't been able to, you know, mix together. So that that has stopped a lot of things, has this lockdown. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, we, we, we still like, I mean, we haven't been out for a meal or anything recently and we, we don't intend to until it's better. But um, But you do miss that, yeah. I mean, we haven't had a holiday last year. We're not having one this year. And yeah, we will miss that, but it's just not safe. It's just not safe to go abroad. But you'll definitely be going on with your holidays as soon as you can. Well, I'm hoping so, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think um, that's an excellent place to finish there. I thought you were wonderful on that episode. So thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Heavy Metal Strength Coach Podcast.